You're listening to Art of the Unknown, the podcast documenting a spiritual journey into the uncharted territories of the soul and the psyche. My name is Sarah Cruz, and I am going to be your host. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the show. So in today's episode, we are going to be diving into the topic of shamanism and how shamanism can actually help play a role on your healing journey. So in this episode, we're going to actually be doing something a little bit different, and we are going to have on a special guest who is going to help guide us on our understanding of shamanism. So you're going to learn about topics such as soul loss, soul retrieval, and how our energetic bodies play a role in our healing. So our guest today is Zach Alexander, and he is a shamanic healer and coach who incorporates a trauma-informed approach with his clients. And a few years ago, he actually went through a spiritual awakening that led him to leave behind a scholarship at a top law school and instead focus inwards in order to heal his history of childhood trauma, which then eventually led to him opening up a healing practice in order to help others do the same. In his work, he incorporates a variety of different alternative methods that he learned while working under different shamanic practitioners. And essentially, his goal is to help bring about wholeness and clarity with those that he works with. So it's going to be a great episode. You're going to learn a lot about these topics of these topics related to shamanism that we haven't discussed before. So I really hope that you enjoy the interview. I hope that you get a alternative perspective to this healing journey that we're on. And I hope that you take something away from it. So let's get started by having Zach tell you a little bit more about himself and his story. My name is Zach Alexander, and my path into shamanism was um, pretty interesting to say the least. Uh, I come from a heavy history of childhood trauma. Um, uh, I'm 30 now. When I was 21, I was working in Africa, and then I developed a mysterious illness. Uh, ended up being completely bedridden for four years. Um, I went to all the major hospitals. No one could figure out what was wrong with me. And I ended up getting kind of led into the alternative medical world. Um, and eventually I found my way to a Nigerian infectious disease doctor who figured out what was wrong with me and cured me by giving me African plants to drink for two weeks. Um, and so I was right back to life, but at that point I still had never encountered the spiritual aspect of myself. I still considered myself very atheist. Um, I returned to school, became a straight A student, got into the fancy law school and around that time i had a major ego death i had finally attained like all the ego's desires still kind of felt bereft and empty and then suddenly i started having it's really difficult to say but just connection with spirit and i avoided it i thought i was having a mental or breakdown or some form of psychosis um but the messages that I was receiving were really about love and forgiveness and stepping into a new path. Um, 
And around that time is when I started look, discovering shamanism. I had read this book by Cindy Dale. It was called Spiritual Empathy. Um, I initially had bought it for my ex at the time because I just wanted her to read more about being empathic. And there was a quiz in this book that I ended up taking and that ended up talking about shamanism and having shamanic callings and what shamanic initiation was. And it really lined up with my life and everything I incurred. So I eventually found my way to a modern day shaman um, and went through what was, we'll talk about the soul retrieval process. And she told me in that moment, she was like, you're, you have the shamanic calling, you are supposed to be a shaman. And I told her, hey, I just went from a high school dropout to getting a full scholarship to a top law school. Like, I'm going to be a lawyer. Like, you're out of your mind. And she told me that when you have this calling, the universe will force you into it, right? You have to answer it or it's kind of bad news. Um, so when I went to law school, like textbooks were shipped to the wrong address. My first two weeks, I ended up in the ER due to a kidney stone attack. And the day before my first law school final, I was held up at an attempted carjacking. Um, so everything that could go wrong went wrong. And so at that point, I, I still ended up finishing with good grades and all that stuff. But at that point, after the first semester, I called my mentor up and I was like, it's going to be like this, isn't it? And she was like, yeah. She, and she was like, step into your role. So at that moment, like I gave, I, I withdrew from law school. Um, I gave myself a few months afterwards to really dive deeper into my shame and my trauma. I also flew out to Costa Rica with no money, just like nothing, whatever credit card, you know, um, limit I still had left to train under her, uh, to learn energy healing, um, and got more involved in the shamanic soul retrieval process. Um, and the most amazing thing for me was to, to kind of build my healing practice to really step in this career. I didn't really have to do anything. I was actually walking along the street one day uh, to get a Red Bull, <laughs> not healthy, but to get a Red Bull when I accidentally passed the healing center and they waved me in off the street and hired me the next day. Um, and so this process has kind of happened on its own. And as someone who grew up atheist his entire life, it's really challenged my conceptions of, of really sh shattered my notions of reality. And I've really had to step in and begin to embrace this, this process. So I feel like it sounds like a lot of the things that led you to go down this path, a lot of them seem to be things that came externally to you, like um, everything that happened outside of you. What was almost like that point? It might've been when you mentioned the ego death, but like that point where you're like, fuck, like this is what... I have to do, not just because all of these things outside of me are like crumbling, but because internally I'm still dealing, I'm still carrying around all this childhood trauma. Like, was there a moment when you realized like, this is something I have to do for me? There was a moment where I never forget. I was sitting at the table with my former partner and I literally told her, I feel like there's a void inside me. I feel like there's a piece of me missing. I'm not here. There's just pieces. I didn't even understand what I was saying at that moment, but they're like, there just became this realization that there was an emptiness that a part of me wasn't present. And I needed to figure out what that meant to me. 
I feel like a lot of people can relate to that feeling though. Mm -hmm. Like the feeling of the void of the emptiness of the missing pieces. And unfortunately, without having that self-awareness that like something needs to change, that's when we start filling it up with alcohol and drugs and addiction and, you know, other people, relationships, which <laughs> you can only do that for so long, unfortunately. And that's what do you I, have anything I, to say? Yeah, I mean, that's that's what I had done. I had, you know, I had I had kind of, you know, used up all of that as much as I could. Right. I mean, I plugged it with with drugs, alcohol while still achieving a lot as well still being in relationships was still you know it was just i was constantly trying to keep myself busy and engaged and and thinking that if i just attained this or i just got this or i you know and when those weren't working just take more methamphetamines and you know but i just kind of hit that crumbling point where i can't like exist like this anymore i find it kind of funny that like we're talking about or we're going to start talking about you know concepts like shamanism or soul retrieval or soul loss which people may not have heard before mm. but I don't know about you but like I honestly feel like that is like the main underlining problem of human existence in society is the fact that like we're missing a part of our essence and I mean, we can call it soul loss and, you know, soul retrieval, but like it, this applies across the board to like literally every single person. Do you, do you think, do you feel like that too? Like in your work, do you feel like that's like one of the main things, if not, what would be like the main one thing? I think, you feel like? I think it's, I think the energetic component is the missing link in terms of the mental health community, in terms of us addressing mental health. Um, you know, I think, I think, you know, consciousness does not simply just exist in the mind. Right. And so there's, there we're, we're whole beings and, and we're spiritual beings, you know, at our root and we've been kind of, we've severed that connection and we're, we are multidimensional beings at our real nature too. Right. And when we deny that multidimensional existence, when we deny how, the impact to our multidimensional bodies affects us, right? We become empty, um, we become shallow, and we become fractured. And so, you know, we take SSRIs, we, you know, get loaded up on Vivans, Adderall, all these things, but we're really just plugging out an emptiness that exists from not being connected to our the wholeness that we are as energetic beings. And shamanism, addresses that and there's no way I could overcome my addictions there's no way that I could really find myself and who I was beyond the trauma without these practices okay so do you mind just giving um like a quick definition of what shamanism is and what it looks like today and how it's applied yeah, so shamanism, like, you know, it's, I mean, the term comes from the Tungus tribe in Siberia, but overall it is, it's shaman, shamanism is, is relating to um, a practice of what spiritual leaders and healers in tribal villages have done for tens of thousands of years. And despite 
some of these villages being completely gridlocked from each other, right? These continents, you know, were gridlocked, right? They all tend to have the same innate practices, okay? And that was going into different planes of reality, right? To work with people's at different aspects of consciousness, different aspects of the soul, retrieve them, right? As well as bring back wisdom, healing, guidance, okay? Shamans were the bridge between two different planes of reality, between our physical world and the spiritual world. And we now look at that as woo-woo and nonsense, right? And we've severed our connection with, with shamans. But we're in the midst of one of the worst mental health crises um, that we've ever seen on a societal level. And so now we're starting to see a return of a modernized form of shamanism, right? And that's why you're seeing this interest this in, in, in ayahuasca and plant medicine, but you don't actually even need plant medicine, plant, medicine, plant medicine to engage in these practices. You just need, you could use drumming. You just need something that allows you to enter into this altered state, right? The state of brainwave state. Um, and that's what shamanism is, is the ability to connect to non-ordinary reality and understand how that impacts us. Okay, so let me try to like, cause I, I totally, I understand what you're saying and everything, but I'm also trying to help um, visualize what that actually looks like. So if I'm coming, say I'm coming to you and you're gonna help me, you're gonna help me go inward and reconnect to that energetic, essence of myself that I may have been missing like what is that for the person like what kind of experience is that is that just going meditating and going inwards is are you doing visualizations does it feel like you're on like an acid trip like what usually is that experience for someone so I can be different yeah it's going to be different for everyone I actually relate to my to my experience when I worked with with my mentor and my shaman I mean I lay there for just five or six hours while she did the work, while she went into that transcendental state. Now I could, I could feel things happening. Like I ended up like sobbing like an hour in just feeling like, Oh my God, I'm connecting with this little boy part of me. Like, Oh my God, I'm feeling innocence again and shame too. And when, and I, I had images and things flash or whatever, but I didn't fully understand what was going on. And at the end, she called me, right? And she was, she was, because you can do this even remotely, as, as weird as that sounds. Um, she was like, I, I, I retrieved the four-year-old abuse part of you. And she was able to describe the forms of child abuse that I had been through that I didn't tell her, but I knew was true, right? And so this is the part of me that escaped reality because I, as a four-year-old, I could not handle the totality of the abuse, right? So some of the feelings and emotions were no longer with me because they kind of fractured and split off. Now she entered into a different state, connected with that part and brought it back. Now, for me, when I wanted to do shamanic soul retrieval, I thought, oh, I'll just feel good or I won't feel it at all and it won't be a big deal. This was a tough process because what you're doing is you're retrieving the parts of you that likely left because it was too traumatic or too difficult to deal with. And now you're coming back and you're, you're, you're working with this aspect of yourself. I would have to connect and, and be with my inner child and connect to the shame and this grief. I was walking in to law school also all of a sudden scared of everyone, 
right? When that, that had never been an issue. Like my four-year-old part thought everyone and everything was dangerous. So it took a lot of inner work as well to get to know this part of me, get to understand it, and then to integrate it, right? Okay, yeah, I, I feel like integration is probably one of like the main key aspects of doing this work. Um, okay, so this is just like, this is like just something I think about, which I feel like you would understand is like when we talk about, okay, so simply put, like we experience the trauma, we push that aspect out of our consciousness and that's like the part that's gone that you mentioned. And that, that was like the four-year-old self. Like, where does it go? Do you ever think about that? Like, is it like, is it on this plane? Is it just like, you know, like, I know we probably don't have the answers to this. I'm just wondering like what you think. Yeah, it, um, it goes to a different dimensional space, right? So we can, we, can, we, can, we can put a category, we can put a label, we can call it a fourth dimensional space, right? Maybe it's a fifth dimensional space, but it is a different dimensional space. Now, if we wanna put the, if we wanna, if for people who like more concrete answers, we could say that soul loss is essentially an aspect of the subconscious shutting itself down, right? But then it will also kind of create imbalances within the mind too, okay? But, you know, from looking at a shamanic perspective, it is, it is this notion that, you know, you exist as a third dimensional being and a part of you splits off and goes to a different plane of reality. Um, we could call it even like maybe the astral plane, right? And, and it's kind of hanging out there, right? And, you know, this, this plane can exist outside of time, right? So when it comes back in, it's still four years old, right? It's, it is coming back in as if it happened yesterday in a way. I find that very, very fascinating. And I feel like it's a, again, like, I, I just think like, it's such almost like, it's like the solution for like every, like what we're facing as like a mental health crisis and like as society. Um, okay. So another question I had is like, when we're talking about, so soul loss, what can you give like, a definition of soul retrieval? I mean, soul retrieval is a shaman entering into an altered state of consciousness, right? And that could be through the use of plant medicine, drumming, rattling, anything like a theta brainwave state that allows them to connect to these different planes of reality, retrieve the part of you that left, oftentimes due to trauma, right? Connect with it and bring it back to you. That's the, that's the best definition I have. And if you have one that you feel like you can, you can give that kind of fills in the holes for me, that'd be great as well. Yeah. This is something I've been kind of thinking about lately is in terms of soul retrieval. I mean, this might be again, like, so when we're dealing with like shamanism and like, you know, this aspect of this plane, like anything's possible. So I don't necessarily think that like, it always has to be a shaman that goes into that altered state of consciousness to go grab the soul. But I also think that like, the way that I see it is that like there's soul peace, like there's parts of us that are closer than other parts of us. Yes. So we could go through like, uh an experience or like something that's difficult but the thing that 
we lost would be easier for us to um, retrieve ourselves or to like call back or to integrate. And then in terms of like going to a shaman and then they're going into that portal for you, what's down there might be deeper and way out there. Yeah, no, I actually love that, right? That there may be parts of you that had just kind of split off that could be right next to you in a, in a sense, right? And like, you know, like my partner was really mean to me and I couldn't handle the full totality of that. So I'm just going to split off and just be right here for a sec, right? While that, while I wait, you know, till I'm in a space to, to take that fully in or whatever, okay? So yeah, you don't necessarily have to go to a shaman as well right? You can just connect and there might be just parts that are pretty close to you that you don't feel that you can fully experience yet. Okay. And that could exist in the shadow as well. Okay. I wasn't going to go into this, this topic, but you just kind of brought it up a little Mm -hmm. bit. So when we're talking about soul loss and losing an aspect of ourselves and a part of our energy, it's not always you can have a different opinion, but it's not always a loss. It could also be a giving away in Mm. terms of like a toxic relationship or Mm -hmm. I guess any kind of, yeah, I guess a toxic relationship. Um, So when you're helping somebody, huh? No, I just said, I love that. I love that you brought that up. Yeah. Oh, thanks. So when you're helping somebody retrieve and bring back their essence, but maybe like what happens if they don't want to, does that mean they're just not ready or like they're in that relationship, they're in the toxicity, but it's like, they're almost like pouring their soul out to somebody, but how do you bring it back when you're the one actively, like, where do you start? I guess awareness. I mean, there has to be awareness and there has to be a willingness to want to bring these aspects within yourself and, and, and wanting to do the work, whatever, right? I mean, yeah, you're bringing up the concept of toxic relationship. And so we have this concept of giving ourselves away to someone else. Someone else might be empty and wants to take from you and take from you. Yeah, this is like a codependent thing, okay? And so then you give and you give and you give parts mm-hmm. and pieces of yourself to someone. We're doing it unconsciously. We're not aware of what we're actually doing, right? And so if you're stuck in a toxic relationship, you might not be ready to, to stop giving, those parts of you, right? It, it, it may create some type of fulfillment, some type of, of you're recreating a certain type of relationship pattern from your childhood that you're not ready to feel the full wound behind. So there do, I do believe there does has mm-hmm. to be a willingness to, to engage in this and to, to correct it, right? Um, yeah, I mean, that, that, that's, that's my personal belief. I, I do believe there are people that aren't ready to, to do this aspect of work maybe at that time in your life. What's interesting that you just mentioned is like, I totally understand like you, like with anything, uh, you need to be willing and wanting to do the work. But when you say that you're not ready, is that, could you be wanting to do the work? Does that make you ready? Or could you be wanting to do the work, but you're still not ready? Cause I've, I've come across, I'm only saying this because I've come across people where I'm like, I'm ready, but they're like, no, you're not. And I'm like, who are you to tell me that I'm fucking ready to do the inner? You know what I mean? That's, I guess that's where I'm coming from. I don't think there's any like like a gatekeeper. 
Yeah, I don't think there's a real generalized broad answer. I think it's on an individual basis. And I, I don't think anyone can specifically say, you're not ready, right? I think you do have to listen to your own intuition and guidance and people can give their own opinion and advice. Um, it's, it's, it's more of an inner knowing. Um, I do remember when I did my first soul retrieval, like my shaman and mentor told me like, yeah, I think, you're, I think you need to do it like the first week before you start law school. And I was like, I don't think I'm ready for that. And she was like, I th you are now my process sucks. it's hell Dude, was I actually ready for it at that point in if through one lens no through another lens yeah right maybe maybe the confusion and maybe the stumbling around maybe all that was a part of my journey maybe like so so the, so it's so hard to just categorize and say you're ready or you're not right Maybe you're supposed to fumble around. Maybe you're not supposed to be ready and you're still supposed to engage in this work, okay? And maybe you're supposed to be fully ready, but maybe it's just not, you know, necessarily the time for you to, to take part. Like, it's so broad. And so to have, yeah, I don't agree with the gatekeeper style or anything of that nature. It really just is on an individual basis. And we're also talking about connecting with a deeper sense of knowing to really understand if this is your time to do this work or not. Okay. Okay. So this brings another question, uh, about the readiness aspect. So I guess, I guess what I'm trying to, what I'm seeing or trying to like understand is like, if you're doing this work and you're retrieving aspects of yourself that are, have been lost or forgotten, is there perhaps preparation work that needs to be done if you, you have this feeling that what you're going to retrieve was maybe like super traumatic or totally because I'm only saying this because I've talked about this before is like I don't remember if I was sexually abused as a child like I have that feeling but I don't have any memories so like if you're trying to go in that direction like what I guess what would you say to somebody that's doing something similar like are you it's hard it's hard <laughs> it's, look this is this is so hard and it's, and it's and like I said it's an individual level I had my I'll be completely transparent right like my first soul retrieval was due to to child sexual abuse now I had retrieved the body memories like six or seven months beforehand. I started to recognize there was abuse at hand, all of that. Um, and I had started doing the work around that abuse and around healing things of that nature. Um, should there be, should there be some, some work done, some healing work done like beforehand? Yeah. I think, I think you have to know how to work with aspects of yourself. I think you have to know, um, certain things around inner child healing. If, if you feel like an inner child, like a childhood part is going to come back with you. Uh, I just got kind of thrown to the fire. Um, and that's, I really felt, I, and I felt guided by spirit to just, to just get vaulted into it. I really was not prepared. I wish I could have done more preparation work. I wish I could add more understanding. Uh, and that's why everyone is so different. Like I do believe that, you know, we can talk about more, but I'm someone that had a shamanic calling. So I, you know, spirit decided you're just going to get thrown in. You're really not going to know what you're doing and you're just going to have to figure it out on the fly. Right. And that was part of my initiatory process. Now for someone else 
who is supposed to be a banker for the rest of their life and they're just supposed to you know you know find a part of themselves that was sad because their parents got divorced maybe they're they're, they're allowed to do more preparation work maybe they're allowed to, you know it's it's so individual right and it's so hard to really put things in defined boxes and say, well, if you've done this, then you're ready. And if you've, it's, it's really on an individual level. And this is really connecting to, to an inner guidance system that allows you to discern whether or not it's time for you and whether, how much preparatory work you need beforehand. And also the help of a shaman and mentor that can also kind of relate to you and give you some insight as well. And I, I also think like one of the main key things we're also maybe missing from this conversation is the fact that like, well, you're also like part of the shamanic work is working with spirit guides <laughs> mm -hmm. and they kind of know like a little bit, I guess, you know, they have interdimensional intelligence. So I, you know, just journeying on it. Right. Or like, <laughs> that's what they say. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, oh, so we're going there too. Like we were, I mean, so you know, give context. We were talking about this. We were talking about this stuff beforehand, and we we're talking about like the shamanic closet. And I'm like, yeah, I still like try to, like, you know, I'm I'm a dude who left law school to go be like, a, you know, a spiritual healer. Like I got laughed at, like, you know, hysterically. So I'm still in the closet a little bit with some things. So you're like, oh, let's talk about talking to spirit guides. I'm like, oh, you really pressing me on this one, aren't you? Um. So yeah, I mean, look. <laughs> <laughs> if you can if you can if you can develop um a relationship with spirit whatever that is to you right it can really help with with your process and understanding what is right for you because yes the, our egos can only understand such a limited only have such a limited view of oh is this our time or this not my soul retrieval process was was chaotic and was not necessarily fun. And I have checked in multiple times with spirit. I'm putting the quotes mark or whatever, right? Um, but and every time it's like, this is this is how it needed to be. This is right. Just because, you know, your life kind of collapsed a little bit as a result of this. That's exactly what you needed. Um, so it is, it's, it's tough. But, but being able to connect to things um, beyond this reality and gain guidance and insight from, from, from those, those aspects uh, can definitely help too. Okay, so like, okay, so I'm gonna ask then, does that mean you like work with a spirit guide or like, is it just you when you go and retrieve soul parts? This is you where are, it gets a little weird. You are, you are, you <laughs> are supposed to work with, with a guide in the spirit world. Um, there tends to be a shamanic spirit guide um, you know, uh, sometimes it can show up as an animal, right? Um, uh -huh. and so, you know, it, it is, yeah, we are, we are, we are getting into concepts that seem so bizarre and so crazy. And honestly, it was for me as of four or five years ago. I mean, you know, my, tr my training is in logical and critical thinking. So this challenged everything for me, but, um, mm -hmm. you know, to give you, a really good example of how bizarre this process is around spirit guides and spirit animals. Um, what was it? It was like three or four years ago, four years ago, before I even had my spiritual awakening. Um, I woke up one day and I looked at my partner at the time and I hadn't gotten a tattoo in a decade. And I'm like, I'm going to get a tattoo today. She's like, why? I'm like, I don't know. I just said, 
So I just went down the corner to a local tattoo parlor and I just got this gnarly wolf on my ribs, this huge wolf right on my ribs. And I came back. Um, I hope you don't mind if I curse in this podcast, but I came back with this huge wolf and she's like, what the fuck did you do? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know why I got this. I don't know why I got a huge wolf on my wrist. What's wrong with me? Like, what did I do? This is all me for the rest of my life. Why is this happening? Like, I'm just looking at it and there's this bloody gory wolf on my, and it's so not like me or whatever, right? And, and then about a year later is when I met my shaman and we did the shamanic work and she was like, I met your main power animal. I met your main guide. And I was like, oh, what was it? And she was like, a wolf. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> and she actually- Was it this one? <laughs> and no, well, the way she described that it approached her was very, was very much how my tattoo was. So, and she didn't see, she, mm -hmm. she didn't see my ribs. She didn't know about this. So it's almost like this part was like coming to me and trying to communicate with me and give me my sign beforehand. Like, you know, to give me that synchronicity of like, this stuff is real and legitimate, okay? Um, and right, I mean, this goes a lot back into to Native American, um, you know, shamanism in terms of spirit got the spirit animals and all that and what that is. Uh, and I know we're getting a little off topic, but this is just an example of how bizarre uh, this world truly is and how much we don't understand things. And yes, I work with my wolf. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Sorry, I, I just I just had to ask. I mean, I, I, I felt a little weird talking about like shamanism without like, you know, getting getting a little bit of the, the dirt and the details. <laughs> But oh, you made uh, me really step out of my comfort zone here. I could like, tell. I'm, yeah, I'm like, oh, I am saying this stuff in a public forum right now. Okay. <laughs> this is, uh, thank you, Sarah. It's, it's, it's okay. This, this is why I started the podcast season with talking about how I went into the mental hospital. So like, there's, there's literally no boundaries. <laughs> well, and so there's a thing, whatever, like what is part of, part of stepping into this world, like, you know, how do they identify shamans in these tribal villages? It was typically because through a mental breakdown, typically because the person entered into a form of psychosis or started hearing voices. And so we look at that within our Western society as if there's something inherently wrong or it's something to fix. But, you know, for tens of thousands of years, we looked at it, oh, that might be someone with a spiritual calling. Now it isn't always, right? But typically, for us to step into this world, there has to be a fracturing of the psyche. There has to be a breakdown, right? We have to break through. We have to have layers of the ego die, layer of the perceived self, and that will create psychosis sometimes, right? It is part of entering into this world that we, that we have to fracture and fall apart and then pick ourselves back up and be put together. And so that is some of the work that I really do with people is like, is helping them understand that breakdowns aren't always bad. Sometimes they're breakthroughs, right? And sometimes we're losing people to mental health hospitals. They get jacked up on SSRIs and these different things or whatever, when the process needs to be allowed to play itself out. A lot of the work I do, a lot of my clients are people with shamanic callings and I have to hold space for them while they break down while they kind of lose their mind and hold that container for them and not judge and not tell them that's wrong. And every time I watch them pick, I, they pick themselves back up 
and they've gained some new insight and they have some new and they have some a, a greater capacity to understand themselves to understand the reality to understand the parts of them that are missing or fractured and how to integrate that those aspects so i think it's great that you brought up like i start off with a mental hospital no shame in that right and we need to destigmatize that because it's not always because something's going wrong right yeah and looking looking back on that that is like i rest in peace hank one of the main things that uh really shifted for me that he taught me is that like this the experience of like having that mental breakdown and like going into the mental hospital like that wasn't bad that was an initiation mm -hmm. into this path that was like the opening moving forward and that is kind of like what makes me sad to think about is like we literally have no way to deal with people who are having these ex these spiritual experiences like people that are you know hyper uh like clairvoyant or like they're opening up channels to like you know what is around to essentially reality and we have no way to essentially deal with them and we also don't have any way to deal with trauma either which is also pretty fucked up like they they when i was in the mental hospital they didn't understand that like not only was i just traumatized but you're literally also contributing to the trauma and the fact that we don't have any way to deal with trauma or these uh experiences spiritually like that's obviously like a recipe for freaking disaster too um do you, I guess I'm kind of more curious too about like your thoughts on the mental health world and industry, like what would be like the main thing you want to like physically see happening? Like what is the main actual shift that we need to be making like right now in society and for humanity? Like, what does that look like? I guess I'm asking. We need to have a greater understanding of the awakening process, right? Because, you know, a spiritual awakening, like we, and I, I've said this all the time, you know, there's this mainstream societal concept that a spiritual awakening is yoga retreats in Bali, right? And wheatgrass juice. That's not what, typically that's not what this is. It's a fracturing of the self. So it's, it's breaking down the illusions of, of our reality and our, and, our, and our conception of ourself. And it's going into the darkest aspects of who we are. Right, the parts of ourselves that we've pushed away that we never wanted to encounter. Okay, and so the mental health community considers this: oh, this needs to be something that that needs medication. Um, when in reality, people need understanding, they need empathy, they need compassion, they need space to be held while this process allows itself to run its course. Right, I was very, very fortunate that I had a, a traditional therapist that I had been seeing for years when I went through my awakening, who I was like, should I go to a mental health hospital? Like I've seen schizophrenic, like I, you know, help me. And she said, I think, and this is a woman who was conservative Christian and she just had, but she had worked with me enough. She had said, I think you're going through some type of spiritual experience. And, you know, I think you just need to ride this out. And so I was given the space to kind of lose my mind for a little bit, right? 
Um, you know, I mean, I, I hopped on a session with her one. I hopped on her session with her one time, and I feel like the past, present, and future are happening all at once. And she's like, I don't know what to do with that. I hope that's going to be okay. Um, and so I was given the space to just kind of ride that process out. And eventually I found my grounding. I found my stability while being able to integrate the spiritual aspects of spiritual experience. So rather than just calling, and I think the holistic psychologist actually does a great job with this too, um, is, you know, normalizing the awakening process, normalizing what an ego death is, right? Um, and not shaming people or not saying it's wrong and you're sick because you're going through it, right? Yeah, I think that's probably one of the, the most tragic parts about this whole thing is like how misunderstood our spiritual selves are mm -hmm. and how that not only prevents us from moving forward, but like how that could also be so damaging to us, like repressing a part of ourselves that we don't even understand. And as we're repressing it, it's like, we don't even understand the damage that we're causing within ourselves as well. Um, but I guess like, that's probably why most of the world is not most of the world. A lot of us now, it just feels like my world. Uh, we're being drawn to more, towards like healing and, you know, going within and like, we're starting to understand that it's like, oh, there's exploration to be had inwards. Um, so when we, when earlier we were talking about like soul retrieval and soul loss, I guess, I guess maybe one thing you can speak on just a little bit, cause we're coming to an end now is like, I think there's like a misconception that whatever you find in there is going to be like traumatic and like horrible and like, you know, your worst nightmares are going to be realized if you do inner work. But like, what has, what like positive things have come about you doing this? Cause I know like when, when we do like soul retrieval, we're not just going for like the broken and shattered parts. We're also helping to retrieve like a beautiful aspect of ourselves that was lost too, like that innocence and that childlike part. So I guess my question is like, what positive things have come about for you doing this kind of work? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've had more than one soul retrieval done to whatever. I mean, obviously, you know, there is a part that, you know, I was reconnecting to childhood innocence, right? It just wasn't all trauma, right? Um, and there was another mm -hmm. retrieval that I did where I found my power again. I connected to my internal power. And you could, it was, it was instantaneous to shift. Even my former partner at this time had said, wait, you have boundaries now. Like I just, it just had, it was something that I've been working on in therapy for years. And I was so bad people would always press me. And then all of a sudden I did this work. I went to this part of myself, I captured it and my power was back, right? People weren't walking over me anymore. It was something so beyond that could, I, you know, I, didn't, have to, I didn't have to journal my way to that. Not that journaling isn't, isn't great, but it, but it just, it just happened. And you're just, and there's, there's gold in the dark. Right, there's gold. That's that. That is what soul retrieval. It's just it's shining a light on the parts of ourselves that we're not aware of. Right, that's not always bad. Okay, and so there is really when we we begin to accept all aspects of ourselves, and when we accept ourselves. Right, we're no longer running away. We're no longer distracting and numbing, and that is a really important part of what this work is. I, I no longer was trying to be something else. I saw me for who I am and I accepted me for who I am. 
And I accepted my dark parts. I accepted the parts of me that I wanted to pretend like weren't there. And then I realized, wow, these parts are pretty cool. There's a lot to offer. And that's why I love the work, right? I love that. I love that so much, especially when you mentioned uh, you finding your power. Because I know there's, there's soul retrieval that happens in shamanism, and there's also power retrieval as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's definitely a key, a key aspect, too, that a lot of people are missing, which kind of links back to what I was trying to get at earlier when I was talking about like the toxic relationships, like we're giving away something, we're giving away parts of our soul, we're giving away parts of our power. And we don't realize that. And then when we start doing this work, we actually see like, whoa, holy shit. Like, (laughs) this is who I am. (laughs) This is who I am, not split up and, you know, fragmented. This is who I am standing in my power, like completely whole. So I think that's awesome. Okay, cool. Um, I guess the last thing that I had a question about is what are people's next steps? Like they hear all this, they are curious, or maybe they've, you know, dabbled in the shamanism a little bit, but uh, they want to move forward. Like, what do you, what do you recommend and what do you do? Um, I would, I would highly suggest setting intention to find a mentor or shaman. Um, and that, and this is, this is going to be using your intuition as well and using your own inner discernment because you know, we're at a stage of this process, we're talking and you talked about it. it's like, we're the baby shamans, right? We're kind of bringing in this, you know, stepping into this new generation, this new phase. And there really is no organized, full structured process yet where we can discern, like anybody can kind of get up there and call themselves a shaman tomorrow, right? There's no, there's, so it's going to require as of now for someone to really use their discernment and really to, to check in. So is this someone that I want to work with? Is this someone that I feel safe and can trust, right? Never let, never let a mentor or, or, or shaman bully you into like, you know, I, I, you have to like, uh-uh. always, always check in with yourself and see if this person is right. But I do believe um, in, in finding a mentor or guide in this process who is familiar with the shamanic realm uh, and, and with shamanic practices. Uh, I don't know if you have any advice, to, any other advice to give on that. Uh, yeah, the thing that I would say is like, if you, because I feel like we're almost kind of surrounded and in, in this field, but if you're out there looking for somebody like, and you're setting that intention, just because somebody comes into your uh, life doesn't make them your mentor. Like you also need to be able to understand what's going on inside of you and, and say, no, like this is not them and realize that by saying no, like you're still going to find it. It's not like a one done kind of thing. So. So I just want to tap in real quick. I love this exercise, right. That, that I was taught where it's like, say the word yes to yourself a few times and then see how your body feels to the word. Yes. And then say no to yourself a few times and see how your body feels to the word no. Oftentimes you'll notice a difference. When you say yes, you'll feel a warmness and expansiveness. When you hear no, you'll feel coldness and a contraction. So when you meet someone, right, ask yourself, is this person right for me? Notice how you feel internally, right? Notice that the, the inner, inner system. And I think that's really helpful as well. 
so one more thing now I want to add on to that yeah. is that um this is also when we're doing this work like there's also this realization that we're also learning how to trust ourselves again so when we're asking these questions and when we're trying to like take the next step forward realize that if you don't trust yourself to know left or right or yes or no it's going to take some practice and like yep. not to beat yourself up over that and that's essential it's going to take time too because we're like a lot of us are coming into this like experiencing trauma experiencing like a lot of shame like the trust our trust has been broken so we're also rebuilding that so it's it's a whole whole it, we're it's going at every single part basically yes <laughs> that's what we're doing i love that i love that yeah that yeah perfect Revisit okay yourself. and then lastly if what are you doing like what or is there anything you want to share in terms of like what you specifically are offering the world now yeah, so um, you know, I, I, I've I've changed my business practice up a little bit or whatever, but um, you know, uh, you can look me up on Instagram under ZA Energetics. Uh, I am also opening up a program that invite. It's a four month. It's a four month program where you'll be working with me one on one. We'll be working just. You'll be. We'll be doing video check ins daily, every single day, as well as long form sessions and energy work, uh, at least on a weekly basis. Um, and so I am beginning to offer that. So if you feel a calling to work with me, uh, and a lot of this will involve shadow work, going into the darker aspects of yourself with the energetic component as well. Uh, you know, I've, I've, I've used to just work with people eh, here and there. And now I've, I've kind of been called to like, you open up a container where someone can have access to me kind of all the time. So we can go really, really deep. Uh, I also have now started opening up plant medicine work and plant and running plant medicine ceremonies. But, uh, you know, I have, I have quite an experience with, with plant medicine and I will be there to, to guide those experiences, to guide people into the subconscious, um, to, into a greater knowing of themselves and cultivating a safe space for them to do so. Uh, and I, and people will be flying out. And so I know St. Louis, Missouri, isn't the sexiest place in the world, but it is very calm. It's a very quiet, quiet, I think is a very great space to do this work. So if you feel called to, to do plant medicine, um, I can be your guide for that process as well. I love, I love your unfolding that I'm beginning to witness just knowing you for the past few months or so. So I think that's awesome. Yeah. And I think that's, uh, I think it's great what you're doing. So I'm excited for you and I'm going to be putting your Instagram and your website in the show notes so people can find you and contact you. Um, if they're, if they're picking up what you're putting down. Now I actually, can I actually end on something? I feel really called to say something. Go for it. This is the era where we need the modern shaman to return. And so there are people out there right now who are very confused, who are very disoriented, who are very lost. We've had a really tough life. Maybe it's near death experiences. Maybe it's mysterious illness, going through narcissistic abuse, but internally you feel a deep connection to nature. You feel a deep intuitive sense. You tend to be, identify yourself as an old soul and you've had a life of a lot of tragedy and you don't really fully understand what's happening to you or what's occurring. You may have a calling to be a modern medicine man and a modern medicine woman. And until you answer that calling, life is going to shatter you again and again and again until you find your way into the space, right? And you're not alone anymore. You're not alone. 
right? There's a whole community of people waiting for you, all right? And you're very needed. And so to anyone listening to this, this resonates with you, right? Start looking into shamanism, right? Itzhak Berry, um, you know, Sandra Ingerman, uh, I cannot pronounce his name, but Albert, Alberto Valoido. Um, and I know the, um, you have other people that obviously too that you would recommend to read their work or whatever, Michael Harner. Uh, start looking into these people, uh, start reading and you start to recognize that a lot of things in your life that have happened, they weren't by accident, right? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, mm-hmm. I'll just kind of Definitely. want to say Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, honestly, like, thanks for, for being here and talking about this with me. And I feel like, I feel like a lot of good things were said and a lot of good things are happening and a lot is changing. So I appreciate you being here. Thank you for having me, Sarah. I hope that you enjoyed this episode and I hope that you enjoyed that interview. Again, if you want to learn more about Zach and his work, you can find him on Instagram at ZA Energetics or online at ZAenergetics.com. So thank you again for being here and thank you again for being with us on this journey in words. If you are enjoying the podcast, please consider leaving a review on iTunes just because it helps other people find the show and hopefully help amplify our healing. And again, thank you for being here and we shall see you on the next episode.